This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. Ghana, Voice of Hope. Hello, dear listener. I want to welcome you once again to Adventist World Radio. And the program is Law Matters. My name is David Amankwa. And uh, today we are going to discuss an all-important topic. Last week we had um, such a nice education from a lawyer and I believe today too he's going to help us discuss. I am privileged to have in the studio with me lawyer Clement Mafo once again. Um, today he will help us discuss the topic polygamy. I'm sure you, 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 might, you might have been thinking and I said, man, can I get two or three wives? I mean, sometimes it's, it's, it's just inviting. You know, you see so many beautiful women around and you are tempted to think that you can have a lot or the number of them for yourself. But in, all our actions are guided by law. And I believe the law also has something to say as far as polygamy is concerned. So lawyer will help us do our discussion. Lawyer, once again, welcome to the studios of Adventist World Radio. Thank you very much. And the, the program is Law Matters. Today we are discussing um, a very important topic, polygamy. Polygamy. The question I want to ask is, lawyer, what at all is polygamy? Um, thank you. Thank you very much. In simple put, when you say polygamy, it means a man having more than a wife. Okay. Having more than a wife is what we call a polygamy. Man, a man having more, more than a wife. So ideally, it is believed that every man has must get one wife. So if your wives are more than one, then obviously you have now entered into the association of polygamy. It means you have a polygamous family. Um, okay, we mention the fact that uh, a man is it limited to only men? Per the principles of the Creator. It's only man that marries a woman. Okay. And therefore, when you say a polygamous family, it means it is the man who has more than a wife. No matter how somebody else may think or believe in, the cardinal point is that man marries a woman. Okay. So, so if a man marries more than a woman, more, more than one woman, polygamy. Polygamy. Other types? Types of... Poly poly polygamy. polygamy. You see, when God created the world, it was polygamy. People may have definitions, uh, types of polygamy or polygamous life, but the onus of the matter is a man marrying more than one wife. You see, as we speak now, the society is so civilized that they have types of virgin. Okay. To the extent that you have primary secondary virgin. The question is, did God stated anything like that? Okay. So um, when, as, as human beings, when we believe and rely on our society and our civilization, we may lose track to whatever God has given us freely. We have to concentrate on the term polygamy. We have to concentrate on the term virgin or not. And forget about the tertiary, the secondary, the prime. The, the yeah, because um, I've, I've heard people say that in other jurisdictions, they have something they call polyandry. That is a woman 
They had, so they were trying to say that because of polygyny, polyandry, they have a situation where a woman... Polygamy, also, polygyny, um, polyangry, all of these things people mention it. But you see, uh, as educators, you have to let people know that this is how the whole thing goes. You see, in as much as we have our own professions and working in diverse ways, we shouldn't also look sight on the fact that we're created by somebody and we are worshipping the same person and we have to propagate that gospel vis-a-vis -vis the work that we do. Uh, the question is whether or not, since when did God ask women to marry men and therefore we have to create our own version of uh, marriages? You cannot say this, uh, you are supposed to marry somebody. If somebody has created it and that jurisdiction uses it and have even embedded it in, the, in their laws, it is this. But we are looking at uh, the law so far, so far as this program is concerned, and the word of God so far as this program is concerned. We are looking at polygamy. And the onus of the matter is that polygamy is the process by which a single man marries more than a single woman. Okay. Uh, the women can be two, three, or four. It is still polygamous. Okay. I, I was just, um, you know, trying to look at the fact that, even though as Christians and as, you know, people discussing this, from the angle we, may, we are coming, we may not um, accept that the others are here. But that doesn't also uh, um, um, take the uh, fact that those those ones exist. We got the other countries that women are allowed to engage in multiple, you know. And I've also heard that there are some something called group marriage, and that there are more many women and you know many men. You see, say Mr. David, I can give you more. The reason why I decided because we are dealing with polygamy, I decided not to touch on those ones we are okay, talking about. Okay, okay. You see, there are certain tribes that when the man gets a, visit, a, a male visitor. Okay. What you have to do to please your visitor is that you hand your wife over to him to sleep with over the night. <laughs> so why do you want to discuss? You understand? Yeah. There are certain things you have to discuss, but you have to okay. be very careful. Okay. Okay. And until you do that, you are not part of the tribe. Okay. Give your wife to your visitor to sleep with overnight. Wow. The next day you go. What if the, the, so the assuming that <laughs> within two weeks, you have, you have eight different visitors who are men. <laughs> and in the course of this visitation, your wife gets pregnant. Would the child be, be yours or be who that Who will name that child, you know? <laughs> so there are certain things that, as I said, as educators, you have to be very cautious and tread well and educate people properly if not negatively what you are saying is true there are group marriages we have polyandry we have there are so many things but our discussion for today is polygamy okay okay very well lawyer would want us to limit our discussion to um a situation where a man marries more than a wife. one wife okay fine lawyer is polygamy biblical can we have a because um people often say that uh, even abraham married you know more than one wife. People can cite examples in the Bible that you, people got married to more than one, one wife. You get the point. So, I would say, is, is, is it biblical? You see, um, when you read the Bible, as you really said, from the uh, Genesis to maybe Malachi, the last book of uh, the Old Testament, it is true in the Bible, 
prominent God's people, okay. prominent preachers, God ordained people married more than a wife. That's why people are saying that. And therefore, they believe there was polygamy. Now, the question is, does it still exist? Let me give you another example. You see, before the birth of Jesus Christ, the Israelites in the Bible, in the Old Testament, had their own way of atoning for their sins by moving from the sanctuary to the holies, to the holies of holies, by way of at times chaining some of the pastors uh, when they are going to the holy of holies to make sure that if they don't come, they will pull him because they cannot go there until Jesus died and the, the cloth that was dividing the holy of holies and the holies and the sanctuary was torn and that sacrifice, you know, vanished. It is no more in existence. Now we pray through Jesus Christ for forgiveness of our sins. It is not there. I can give two or three examples or more examples indicating that there were so many things that were happening in the Old Testament which is not in use anymore. So, having identified that there were so many men in the Old Testament who married two, three, four wives, does not make it important today for a Christian to marry more than a wife. In fact, in an earlier discussion, I mentioned the fact that Paul even emphasized on the fact that if you want to do the God's work properly, in fact, as a man, you need not to even marry. But for our weakness among others, every man must get one wife. And the scriptures also continue to support same. And therefore, if you ask me, I will tell you that today, as it stands now, polygamy is not necessary. Even though it's not biblical, it's not biblical okay. today, okay. and it is not necessary too. Even though most of our laws does not, most of our laws do not abolish or eradicate polygamy totally. It is not biblical today. And it is not important today. It's not necessary. Okay, um, I'm, I'm getting this point from, from your argument. It means the Bible, even though it happened in the Bible, you can get examples. But then the question is, is this still relevant in our days? That is, which you have let that us is know true. that it's that not all that's that relevant. True. Let's look at the law. Um, the, 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 the law per se. Does the law endorse polygamy? Um, about 80 to 90, I'm trying to be very cautious, percent of our laws emanated from our colonial masters, England, English law. Okay. And we have accepted same, even though we have added our traditional Kasmai laws and other natural laws. We have accepted them and we are abiding by them strongly. It is this same law that also brought about ordinance marriage. And what does the ordinance marriage say? One man, one wife. It is only when you decide to marry customarily that you, you are permitted by the law to marry more than one. Other than that, if you are following the English law, and for that matter, our laws rigidly, a man cannot marry two wives. And therefore, it means that 
polygamy, even though it may be necessary, even though it may be important to some people, it is not very, very important for us as a Christians or workers or whatever. People may see it to be normal. Okay. People may see it to be reasonable. People may see it that it may see it to be, you know, women are there. People may see it to be, it's not cynical. It is not diabolic. It has ever happened in the Bible. But it is not very, very important. Sometimes people are even informed by the fact that uh, um, they say that, I don't know if this is biblical, but they say um, uh, if you are to share, the Bible says something like like uh, seven men will come and say, tell you to, you know, um, marry me or something of that sort. And so they base the argument on the fact that, that fact. And then they say that, oh, even in for, uh, 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 our society, the women, there are more women than, you know, than men. And so they try to justify the fact that they should get more wives. That is, you see, that is the ideology of most of the people. But you see, um, David, uh, as I indicated earlier on, I was giving you some examples. There are so many traditions and principles that were happening in the Old Testament that are not in existence anymore. But it will be very difficult for a Christian today to tell me that there is something in the New Testament that is not very important today. You understand? It is true. These things happened in the books, in the uh, Old Testament, it is true. But I'm saying that they have no place today. And not even only the polygamous marriage, but other principles, traditions, and customs of the Israelites are no more in existence today. But you cannot give me an example of any scripture, any statement in the New Testament that is not important today. You see, as we were saying, I want to elaborate it the more. People may also say that Afro are brothers, Muslims, they are also right. worshipping God, but they marry for. Yeah. You see, the other time when we were discussing the Muhammadan's marriage, we stated that it is conspicuously written in the Quran, the procedure by which they have to marry. So for them, it is not whether or not you are rich or whatever. They say you have to marry for categorized, fair, tall, short, whatever. It is categorized. And that one is not compulsory. It is even obligatory. If you think you can have it, do you do it. It's not something... No Muslim will marry one and say, because I married one, I will go to hell. No. They don't believe that one in Quran. Quran stated it, that you may marry four. And he gave... The Quran gave conditions. So if somebody, as a Muslim, has four wives, and because of that you think... Polygamous is necessary and you have to marry for... It means you don't know what you are following. In any event, Muslims follow their Quran. So we as Christians, are we following Quran? Has the Bible taught us to marry for? So um, the question is whether or not the Bible gave a clear-cut number of wives that you have to marry. No. The New Testament has also pronounced something. No. When you read the Bible and look at the Old Testament, all those who married more than one, what happened to them? Was God in support? What were the consequences? All those things might be studied. And therefore, as I indicated earlier on, even though people may think that polygamous is necessary, it's normal, uh, God will not do anything, my, quest, my answer is polygamy to me and in the lives of the law is no longer necessary. That is why the law, as I said earlier when I stated that, that is why the law even brought in what we called ordinance marriage. And we, 
as citizens of the society have embraced this, the laws and we are following, we are abiding by those laws. And the marriages law is not it's no exemption from the laws that emanated from England to us. And therefore poly polygamy is not necessary. Right. That is good, lawyer. Thank you. Lawyer, I, I want to ask this. Are there any legal ramifications of polygamy? I mean, if you decide to marry um, more than one wife, um, what are the consequences legally? You see, legally, uh, you, you may recall from our discussions earlier on in those previous weeks that the law specifically states that if you marry under the ordinance, you cannot marry more than one wife, okay. if you remember. Good. And the law also goes ahead to state that if you marry under the customary law marriage, then it means you may have the right to marry more women. Even that, how many Christians who have married under the uh, marriages act or under the customary law do marry more wives? It stands to reason that when you marry under the ordinance, the law will not permit you to marry any other woman again. That is the law, the laws of the land, the laws of the people. So obviously, the laws of the Lord will not permit you to marry more than one wife, as you see. You see, um, when you read um, the, when you read Exodus, for instance, looking at the commandments of the Almighty God, from 1 to 10, nowhere was it stated that a man can marry more than one. It is not stated that way. Even though in the books, uh, some prophets and other people, prominent men marry more than one, it has never been supported. And no, you can't prove to me from the New Testament that somewhere in the New Testament it was approved that a man can marry one wife, more than one wife. You see, so um, legally, the law does not support it unless you choose and decide to marry under the customary law. Okay, lawyer, what if I, I decide to? This may probably be the last question, but if I if I decide to go that tangent, I want to do customary marriage, and so I marry more than wife. What 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 effects does it have? Let's say as a man, let's say you are dead. We will discuss will and it's it's it's. Uh, related topics at some other time, but does it have any effect on the property, the person, and then even if you are not there, what are the consequences? You see, socially, assuming that you are not even Christian, okay. uh, you don't recognize any law, so you marry more than a wife, so you have about three. Now the question will be, what is your justification policy for you to marry more than one? To have more children? You have enterprises where you want people to handle? You are so rich that people, you want people to look at after your cars and your mansions or what? That is the first question you have, you have to ask yourself. A typical African may, you know, rely on his farming alone. If he has about three wives, every wife gives him four children, he will get twelve. Upon his dead, how are they going to share the properties of the man upon his dead? 
where will the 12 people will, will, will be? Where will they be? So, at the end of the day, these 12 people will come out over the radio or whatever to blame the government that there are no jobs in the country for, him, for them to do. Others, who knows, may be doing some manual jobs and they'll be complaining bitterly. At the age of 80, if not careful, their mothers will be still working because nobody will support them. So socially, you see that there will be social problems here and there. People will go a begging. Others will go maybe into stealing. Others will continue with their um, uh, peasant farming. It won't be any large farm. It will be peasant hand-to-mouth farming, then they will be doing it. So socially, if you have one wife, let's say you had many children, so four, six, eighty-six. But if there are three, there are two, six, three, eighteen children, and you were in farm for all their life, they will be in their village. So it will create problem for the society as a whole. Okay. Okay. So even socially, you see that uh, polygamous marriage will not help a lot. There are so many people, prominent people, who have two, only two children, one child, three children, and they are even complaining. Can give you an example of um, Bill Gates and uh, Bill Clinton. All of them were complaining. Even so even the richest people were they, they were not into poly, uh, polygamous marriages. Okay. They are even complaining. Clinton having Chelsea Clinton a single daughter. He was complaining that the child is going to university. Have no money to look after her single individual. American president, he was complaining. So socially, uh, I also think uh, polygamous marriage is not good at all. It's not good at all. It will create a lot of problems. Okay. In fact, I had a lot of questions to ask the lawyer. But like they said, the time wouldn't permit me to ask all those questions. And so this is where we draw the curtain today. The program has been Law Matters. I'm David Amanko, and we're fortunate to have lawyer Clement Marfold to discuss with us polygamy. You listen to us live on Advent. Dear friend, we would like to receive your feedback, so call us on the number plus two three three five zero one five six one eight four nine plus two three three five zero one five. Six one eight four nine. You can also email us at the address Adventist World Radio GH at gmail.com. Adventist World Radio GH at gmail.com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS. 17564 Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. We have another segment for you, and that is Present Truth. You are welcome once again to the program, The Present Truth. My name is Pastor Alexander Poku, and it is always a joy to come your way to share with you the Word of God. And for me to continue, let's bow for a prayer. Dear God, we thank you for this time. As you are about to open your word, give us understanding so that the end will have cause to glorify your name. We thank you for such opportunity. In Jesus' name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. This time round, I want to pick a topic. Why are you ungrateful? We as human beings, we are not grateful to God. 
all the things he does for us, we are not ready to show appreciations. So let's pick our Bible this time around, open to 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 4. It says something I want to share with you. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come a time of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless. So the key word we are picking here to base our sermon is ungrateful. And when we say ungrateful, we are talking about unappreciative, not displaying attitude of gratitude, not giving due return or recompensation for benefit conferred on us, showing no gratitude or making a poor return. So no matter what God does for us, we don't show appreciation. And every word is want, want, want. It seems like nothing is ever good for everyone. Everything is about complaining and nothing about gratitude. If you do that, it is no good. It is better for us to just appreciate the little God does for us. It's better than we always asking. It is better for us to appreciate him. We need to be grateful for things we have. Most of us, we have where we live, where we sleep comfortably. You walk around and see people uh, sleeping on the ground, the stations. But we have rooms that we don't appreciate. When we pick our Bible, the, the story of Noah, maybe it will tell us something. When we go to Genesis chapter 8 verses 20, it says that, And Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered a burnt offering on the altar. And I think that you know the story of Noah. Because of the flood, he needed to move to another city. So he got there. The first thing he, he did was that to thank God. To know God has done a lot for me. Then I need to just thank him. My name is Pastor Alexander Opoku. And before I sign off, let us bow our heads down for a prayer. Lord God Almighty, we thank you for your word. Let us give out the spirit so that we can share, we can give, we can give glory. We can appreciate you. In Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. We would like to hear from you, so call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849 plus 233-5015-61849. You can also email us at the address AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com you can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Bell. May God bless you. Oh, 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 oh.